the 95th Academy Awards are a couple days away. So Connor and I are going to have some fun. Do a little Oscar-related tournament by having a Best Picture Winners Tournament. I can't wait. I'm going to try to break Connor as we speak. I'm Austin Johnson. I'm Connor Izagari. And this is Filmgasm. Welcome to the start of a very new phase for our team. Uh, we're super excited to be here today. This is what we're calling, I think, phase three of, of, of the Filmgasm podcast, of Filmgasm Productions as a whole. Uh, back in, you know, the uh, about a decade ago, 2014, Connor and Caleb, uh, Caleb Leger, uh, the guy who hosts Beyond the Bad and is going to continue to work with us a ton on these this new endeavor. Uh, they they kind of started this thing, like a, a, a website, filmgasm.com, a way to just kind of pour their thoughts out about movies, share that passion that they have as they're, you know, approaching... Uh, their 20s, you know, and that's really cool, right? Uh, you get that that feeling of, oh, me and this guy, we're creating something together. And then over the years, they've collected a team of people to join them in this endeavor. And I'm one of those people. Uh, in 2018, uh, Connor and I started to kind of record episodes together. He allowed me to, you know, write reviews for the website. And then in 2020, I started my own show where Connor and I were talking about Oscar-nominated movies uh caleb got to start his own show he brought his friend on josh who has been a huge contributor to a lot of our filmgasm episodes uh we brought in colton you know isabel has basically started her own show with you we've brought in all these different you know characters different perspectives and now we're kind of trying to figure out what's the best way to use all these weapons use this crazy arsenal of movie lovers that we have and i think we i think we found it you know i think i think this is what what we're supposed to be doing. So I'm, I'm excited to be with you, man, me and you, this is, this is kind of going back to square one for us. Uh, we started recording proper film guys and episodes four years ago and man, you know, we've come a long way, but I'm ready to properly begin this phase of film guys. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm psyched. I, you know, you had mentioned before we started recording that you were a little nervous and like, yeah, I get, you know, I'm, I'm a little, I got the jitters for the first time in a long time where I'm like really pumped to, start from scratch and really, you know, kind of find this again. And, you know, I'm incredibly grateful to everybody who's become a part of this over the years and like the friendships I've gotten out of this and I wouldn't have it any other way. I, this has been my pretty much the bulk of my twenties has been filmgasm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, shit. Yeah. Uh, At this point uh, I know Caleb's a little older than us. Uh, Josh is, you know, a few years older than us. Uh, then, you know, you and I are the exact same age. We're both 28 and we have definitely served a lot of time to, to doing this, you know, and we, we don't want to stop, you know, we want to be doing this until, until we can't anymore, until the wheels fall off. But we felt like it was time to shake everything up, you know, consolidate. And, uh, you know, the, we've said so many times on so many of our shows, uh, when we're talking about genre films, we always say less is more. And it was kind of it's kind of silly that it took us this long to put that to practice, <laughs> you know. Uh, so from here on out, you know, um, you can expect 
like straight up banger episodes all the time. It might be once a week, might be twice a week. The max will be three times a week, but that'll be pretty rare. That'll be when we're all like clicking on all cylinders. We're all available to do episodes. We don't want to push people to be available. We want them to be available. So this is going to be better for everybody. Everybody gets to kind of come up with their own ideas for episodes. If someone wants to do a, a massive, you know, John Carpenter top 10 movies, uh, we can do that, you know, uh, at, just at the drop of a dime. We can do that when we want to, when we're ready to. We don't have to put it on a calendar. We don't have to set an exact date. We just do it when we're ready. Uh, today, because it's Oscar weekend, you know, it's the, 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 the 95th Academy Awards are in two days, March 12th, uh, going to be hosted by Mr. Jimmy Kimmel himself. I, I'm super stoked for it. Uh, last year, Connor and I were like, oh, dude, we should try to watch every fucking uh, Oscar-nominated movie. And we started doing that. And my God, I'm burnt out. <laughs> I, I don't want to do it anymore. And you know, you know the, one that, the, the one that broke me? The movie where I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Was, was Blonde. Uh, the, you know, quote-unquote Marilyn Monroe movie. Uh, I, I just, I was watching it. It's, it's like almost three hours. And I was like, well, what am I doing? I'm not, I don't want to watch this. But here I am sitting through the whole thing just so I can cross it off a list. We both have been like, nah, man. We're, like, we can't be doing that anymore. That's part of something that pushed us to do what we're doing now with the podcast, though. We shouldn't be doing that ever. We shouldn't be watching things because we have to. We, we, want, we want to watch them because we want to. Because it's, it's something that, you know, it's like a passion that just keeps burning in you. Like, I, I want to see that movie for the first time, or I want to rewatch that movie because I love that movie. And we're going we're gonna to continue to roll with that. So uh, I, I'm, I'm loving kind of the attitude we're getting from everybody. Uh, you guys talked about it a little bit on the, uh, the final uh, old film gasm, uh, Freddy vs. Jason 2003. I loved the things that Caleb had to say about it. Just kind of like, it's going to be kind of a breath of fresh air for us and for our listeners. So we hope you guys stay on board with us. We'll still continue to have content every week. We will have something for you guys. Yeah, for sure. My ultimate goal with this new phase is basically I never want to force a conversation again. I want everything to be organic and I want everyone to want to talk about what we're talking about. And we have had so many situations with our other shows just because of the way it turned out where we had to create something from nothing and you could tell that our hearts just were not in it. And that, yeah. that sucks. It sucks for everybody. It sucks for you guys. It sucks for us. And I don't ever want to do that again. I want to have vibrant, exciting, memorable, fun conversations every single time or why the fuck are we here? Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, Caleb mentioned we all have jobs like day jobs. We all yeah. have like our own lot. We, we all have our own shit going on. You know, uh, Connor's in the middle of his thesis state, you know, uh, thesis that he's doing. And it's, it's, you know, it's a, that's a big fucking moment in life. Uh, you know, Caleb and Josh and Colton are all, they all like serve our country. So, you know, that's like, that's a big deal. Um, I think Isabel's also in the middle of doing school stuff as well. She's writing a thesis as well, which is way more intense than the one I'm writing. Nothing but respect (laughs) for what she's doing right now. Admiration through the roof. And then there's you who has way more responsibilities than all of us. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, my, my job allows me to be very um, 
comfortable. All right. I know, I know what I'm working. I know what hours I'm working, but you know, I'm, I'm married and I have, I have a four-year-old daughter who, which is weird. She's four film guys and four years old. As far as the podcast goes, she's been here the entire time. Um, occasionally I'll have to fucking kick her out of the room, you know, while I'm recording. And I imagine, I imagine that won't stop as she gets older. Uh, but she's, I, I've been growing up with film guys and while also she's been growing up as a human being. So it's like, I can kind of watch both of these things just flourish and they're both like my babies. It's cool. (laughs) That's wonderful. I got my, I got my real kid and my wacky kid that like is always changing and is like already a teenager and is like, ah, fuck you. I'm doing what I want now. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's Uh, awesome. Yeah. A really rewarding part of all of this has gotten to, you know, watch you become, you know, a father and a husband and just, it's been exciting. Like I can chart, like you have the most growth as a human being through this whole thing. It's crazy from day one to now, like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely become a, a, a different animal. Um, yeah. I mean, because of what we've done, you and I, as far as, you know, we're working together at draft house, uh, started talking about, I think the first few things we talked about were like the Coens and the, you know, uh, of course, like Tarantino and different filmmakers we like, and we just kind of were, Oh wow. Okay. Like we, we have a lot in common and, this is going to be a friendship and we enjoyed kind of having the same perspective while at work where like, we didn't take it too seriously, but we also took a little bit of pride in being movie fans working at a movie theater. Whereas most people seem to not really give a shit about it. It was more of a paycheck for them. Uh, we had, we had a passion that we both like understood and we wanted it to, to you know, take pride in and then started seeing movies together and hanging out. And then you're like, dude, like me and you, we should, we should record together. We should, you know, this is, there's too much going on in this conversation and it just got, it became easier and easier as time has gone. And then we've just become good friends. We go do other things together. You know, recently we saw a comedy show together. Uh, not that long ago, we went to a concert together uh, and you were in my wedding. <laughs> you were, you were one of my groomsmen because of what started here. So it's pretty cool. Like those are, those are pretty, you know, uh, core memories, right. Um, that, that kind of stay with you. So uh, we've seen countless movies together uh, at Draft House. Old movies. We went to Los Angeles together about a year ago to go see uh, Tarantino's theater and go see the Academy Museum. And I mean, fuck, man, like that's that's cool. That like that has formed out of this. We're not just like podcast buddies. We're 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 real life brothers, real life friends. Not, and I, you know, that's that's a big part of why this works. Oh, it's it's fantastic. It's been a ride, a very memorable, incredible ride, and I'm. Yeah, I'm in, I'm internally grateful that I met you, really. Fuck yeah, me too, man. And and when it comes down to it, we both get just as jazzed for like silly stuff <laughs> for for silly projects. And today I have something set up. We haven't done one of these in a while. Uh occasionally on Oscar Sunday we would do something like this. But it's it's been a minute and nothing has been as as ambitious as this one. Uh the best picture winners tournament. I want to have some fun and highlight some movies that are fucking kick ass before this 95th Academy Awards happens in a couple days. I want to talk about some best picture winners from the past that we both really, really like. I tried to really pick ones that you, you like are going to have a hard time. You know, last night when I was making the bracket, I was like, I'm going to fucking just break him. (laughs) Like This is, this is going to be good. Some of these matchups are fucking bonkers. So I chose 16 movies. I have them kind of divided by, kind of a, a more modern class of movies. 
And then the other side of the brackets are more like older. Uh, so on one side, we go from 1991. You can guess what that is to 2019 guess what that is and on the other side of the bracket we go from 1934 sure you can guess what that one is all the way to 1979 uh i think 1979 is right yeah 79 sorry the other side of the brackets 1984 is the oldest one 2019 is the newest one other side 1934 all the way to 1979 so they're divided into you know two classes of older films and and newer stuff and i i can't wait to see which way you go with these because it's your vote. It's your vote only. I will give my input, um, you know, where, where I want to, but like, I love all these movies. They all have a right to be here in my opinion. Um, of course I have my like favorites. I left out some of my favorites cause it's, it's your vote. You know, it's, it's, it, this is, <laughs> this is, this is Connor picking between, you know, um, Titan versus Titan. So I'm super stoked to do this. Uh, we're going to be doing more stuff like this. Like th- this is why we changed what we're doing is to have more projects like this where we're not honing in on just one film, but having more of a big picture type discussion and just, just having fun with it. So this is, this is what we're kicking off the phase three of film guys. I'm with, uh, if you have any, uh, you know, thoughts or things you want to say before we get started, now's your chance. I'm, I'm excited to see what you've picked. Uh, you know, making hard decisions has always been, interesting when we do stuff like this and i always think i'm gonna go a certain way and then i start talking about it and sometimes you know the opinion shifts ever so slightly in favor of something else and you never know so bring it on yeah um so i think the first time we did this was a long long time ago um i don't remember the number of the episode i just know it was a long time ago um (laughs) like like a hundred episodes ago from 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 Oscar Sunday's perspective, right? We did a best actors winners tournament and Elmer Gantry, Mr. Burt Lancaster, won that. <laughs> and, and I was blown away because as he just started knocking out heavy hitter after heavy hitter, I was like, holy shit, I kind of feel the same way. <laughs> you know? <laughs> we both we both were just really rocked by that movie. And um, you know, 1960s got some got some really cool movies, but Elmer Gantry's one we both just totally connected with and were floored by what Lancaster's doing in that film. And so he won that. We did a best actress winners tournament. I just cannot remember who won. I, I remember, I remember having like these really cool matchups, like Olivia de Havilland versus, you know, uh, Ingrid Bergman, you know, and, and we were both like, Oh, this is so cool. But I can't, I can't remember who won that. That was a long time ago as well. I remember that too. I want to say, it might have been Catherine Hepburn who took that at the end of the day, but I am not a hundred percent on that. Yeah, me, me neither. I just, I just know this is this is like right up our alley. We love doing stuff like this, so expect more projects like this. You know, whether it's a draft or if it's Connor and I, we can do these tournaments because it requires just one vote to get a movie to move on. So that makes it easy and fun where I can chime in, but my vote just just it does doesn't matter here. <laughs> you know. This is a uh, Don Con. Don Con making his making his picks, and at the end of the day, at the end of the episode, we will have a champ. We will have what I think would be Connor's all time best picture winner. That's the whole idea, right? Do you think before we get started? My the last thing I'll say is the ninety fifth Academy Awards. Are any of these movies any of any of the ones that are up for best picture? Are any of them to you all timers? Like if 
everything everywhere all at once wins, which is why that's my prediction for sure. If that wins, is that is that like an all timer to you, or is it kind of in a tier below, or you know what I'm saying? I think it's too early to tell. I don't think I, I don't know if any of these movies are going to have the longevity that a film, you know, any of the winners that we're going to talk about today have. Yeah, uh, it's going to take a few years to determine that. But um, off the bat, I I I couldn't say, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I love that. I'm I, I'm similar in the way that I think it takes a you know four or five years to properly say, all right, this is where this movie belongs. It has this rewatchability about it. It has this you know never ending discussion about it. Uh, so I, yeah, I think that's a great answer. You know, I do you think it'd be really cool if you know everything ever all at once uh, took took the win, just because you know it's kind of been just sweeping <laughs> all these different award shows and. Uh, it'd be cool to, to see it kind of end its run properly. And I, I, I truly, deep down, gun to my head, I think it's going to. I think it's going to win a bunch of stuff. So I'm excited. I'm excited for Sunday, man. Me and you will be hanging out watching that together. So, uh, you know, this is all in the Oscar spirit. So let's see. First matchup. I'm going to get just kind of random here. Let's go to the old side first. Get, you know, get get our, get our you know, brains moving a little bit. We have uh, a 50s matchup, uh, 50s versus 40s matchup here. So the best picture showdowns that we used to do on Oscar Sunday, rest in peace. Uh, there was, there was one time we did 1945 and we both watched the last weekend for the first time. And we were both pretty moved by it. I wanted to include it. I wanted to include it in this tournament because we had that moment together of like, Oh my God, this is a damn good movie about kind of alcoholism. You know, like this is, it kind of hits, hits some stuff that movies now don't even hit on. I matched that up with 1954 on the waterfront. A another movie we've covered a long, long time ago. Uh, fantastic movie. Uh, if you're into Marlon Brando at all, this is kind of where I'd point to for some of his very best stuff. Uh, what do you got, man? This is a tough matchup. Yeah, two classics, two ahead of their time classics. Uh, well, let's start with the Lost Weekend. Yes. Yeah, this is a film about a writer struggling with alcoholism and suicidal thoughts and ultimately losing. And uh, he's Ray Milan. Ray, Ray, is it Mil- Milland or Milland? I don't remember. I think it's Milland. Uh, yeah, let's go with that. Sure. He's amazing in this. He's, it's a performance for the ages. And he never really did anything else that high profile again. Whereas Marlon Brando and on the waterfront, this was kind of the moment where everyone realized, holy shit, he's here to stay. And that was his first win uh, as bet for best actor. And I think between these two films, I think on the waterfront has more rewatchability. It's a little bit more optimistic, a little easier to handle than a film like the lost weekend, which is very bleak. And just, you know, if you're depressed to don't watch the lost weekend. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's rough, real rough. Yeah. So I am going to give it to the to on the waterfront. I think that's a, a more enjoyable experience and just a solid, you know, fuck the establishment kind of movie. Yeah, I yeah, nothing wrong with that, you know. Uh directed by Ilya Kazan, just absolute legend. It's just one one of those films you have got to see. You just have got to see this one, you know, uh whether you're an Oscar fan or not. It's something to behold. And if you like uh boxing movies, I do, I do think this is kind of a unique take on, on a boxer, you know? Uh, it's not it's not fucking Rocky, but it's 
super super dramatic about a guy who's kind of you know figuring himself out and it's got a clear enemy you got a clear guy you don't like um and you're you know you you're you 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 feel like you know exactly where you're supposed to be while watching it right away it like you said the rewatchability of it's you know just kind of just kind of a certified classic the last weekend might be a little bit more of an acquired taste but it you know it is directed by the great billy wilder and has some awesome stuff in the uh screenplay written by charles brackett and billy wilder just absolute incredible duo when it comes to comes to you know writing stories and bringing them to fruition so I, I love this matchup just on paper, just kind of like, wow, you know, it's two awesome movies that kind of represent their de- decade really well. But I, ca- I kind of had a feeling you'd go on the waterfront, you know, uh, it is, it is one of those that you just, you just kind of have to check out if you're a cinephile. Yeah, absolutely. On the waterfront is basically Rocky. If he decides to go, you know, give up boxing and become a full blown loan shark enforcer. And, you know, that's what happened. You know, Brando eventually is like, you know, I, you know, the whole, I could have been somebody speech is him saying, you know, I could have, I could have had something of my own. I could have been a, a, I could have been a contender. I could have, I didn't have to do this shit. And it's just, it's very, you know, in your face and it's unforgiving. And it's at that time, you didn't have a lot of films that went to those places. And when you got one, you just held on to it. Yeah. Oh man, it makes me want to rewatch it. I haven't seen it in a long time. So, uh, if you haven't seen either of those movies, please, please give give them a go. Uh, I'll also say before we get to the next matchup, if you want to give 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 yourself a really good double feature from 1945, watch Mildred Pierce as well. That's a fucking sick Best Picture showdown between those two movies. Uh, you can you can skip the rest if you want to just go with those two. Those are, those are the most quality from that year. Uh, that's a absolute race. Uh, we had so much fun talking about it. Uh, that was, that was not that long ago, a few months ago, probably. Uh, and we both had a blast. So, all right, good stuff on the waterfront moves on to the next round. Uh, let's go to the other side of the bracket, the more new side. Uh, I've got a really, really fun matchup here. I think I know where you're going to go again, but it's, it's just fun to talk about. Cause you got, you know, one of the most, you, you, Three of the most important um, filmmaker American filmmakers of all time. You got Martin Scorsese's The Departed from 2006, and you got the Coen Brothers' No Country for Old Men from 2007. This is a this is a badass <laughs> matchup right here. Oh, that's not fair. Oh boy. <laughs> oh. Let's go. Okay. The Departed is an awesome movie. It's not quite Scorsese's masterpiece. It does feel a bit like a, you know, late to the party kind of prize, which is unfortunate because it's a great movie, but it's overshadowed by the fact that Scorsese should have had this 20 years ago. Yes. Uh, but you've got, you know, Jack and Leo and Matt and Mark just fucking each other the whole time. It's, it's a great cast. It's a great story. It's Boston crime at its finest. And it's enjoyable as hell. On the other side, you've got the Cohen's darkest movie and one of the most epic Texas crime thrillers ever made. Uh, no Country for Old Men is just gold. And the more I watch it, the more I see things in it that I didn't see before, the more I feel for certain characters, the more I'm like, oh, why'd you do that? 
And, you know, I, I love the departed, but I don't, I don't ever feel myself asking those questions. So I'm going to go with no country for old men. Yeah. I, I kind of figure that would be the, the discourse there. Um, departed's good. No country's fucking great. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's one of the, in my opinion, one of the all time like American movies. The every performance is lights out and it, and it, it has this proper hierarchy of, of you being kind of, um, Oh, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. He, you know, this is built for him. Like this is the kind of movie that's built for him. But for like Josh Brolin, you're kind of like, God damn, like I didn't know he had that in him. Javier Bardem for a lot of audience members was like, Whoa, who the fuck is that guy? You know? Uh, and then you have like little, you know, little stuff like Woody Harrelson over here, you know, it, it has the, the proper hierarchy of being impressed by people being, uh, Having that, having the exact feelings you think you were going to have with like someone like Tommy Lee, The Departed is just an all-star cast. All those people in 2006 were already kind of on the top of the world. You know what I mean? Uh, like you said, Jack, Matt, Damon, Leo, they're all, they're all just like freaks of nature in their own right already. So it's kind of like it's almost distracting. The Departed, yeah. There's so there's so much. There's too many all-stars. No country has all-stars in it, but when it came out you were very impressed. That's when they became all stars. So uh, I, I love that about it. And I'm with you every time you watch it, you're like, it just kind of keeps checking little things. It's like, Oh wow. Yeah. This is a masterpiece. This is a true, true blue masterpiece. Uh, also that year beats there will be blood. If there will be blood would have won, I would be saying the same things about it. Yeah. That was very much a flip of the coin Oscars where it's like, <laughs> yeah. Coin flip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's hard to, you know, those two movies are just so perfect together. And we might be doing something about that in the near future now that I'm talking about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was whoever was feeling what on the day. But, you know, No Country stands the test of time. It's got the similar vibe to Fargo, but a lot darker, a lot more unforgiving than Fargo. And... I remember reading an article that said like Javier Bardem's portrayal of Anton is like the most perfect portrayal of a clinical psychopath ever put to film, mm. which is just frightening. <laughs> so yeah, that, that movie has so much going for it. And yeah, you know, like you said with the departed, the weight of its stars really is somewhat distracting. Like I'm very aware I'm watching Jack Nicholson be a gangster right now. Yeah. And that that's great. I love Jack, but like, you know, the scenes where he like whips out a giant dildo just to fuck with Matt Damon. It's like, do we, do we need this? Like, this, that's great. But I mean, is anybody going to say no to this, to this nut job? Just one time. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. The answer, the Coens the answer wouldn't is let no. him do that shit. They'd be like, no, Jack, put the dildo down. We've got a scene to shoot here. <laughs> <laughs> the Coens and Jack Nicholson just probably wouldn't, no. wouldn't vibe very well. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, that that that's great. I love it. Yeah, that's that's a fun matchup, though. You know, back to back years, oh six, oh seven. Um, I yeah, I, I I love watching both of them, but No Country, like you said, every time you do watch it, you're just absolutely floored by just kind of its its tapestry. So love that one. Uh, next matchup, go back to the other side. We got a seventies matchup here. This is where my heart lies. Uh, very very different movies here. I want to hear just I, again. I think I, I think because I know you so well, 
I think I know we're going to go with most of the matchups till, till we get to the later rounds, but I do like to hear you discuss it amongst yourself, like <laughs> figure it out, figure it out in your own brain and like what you love about both of them. So uh, this matchup is 1972, the Godfather versus 1979 Kramer versus Kramer. Oh God. <laughs> Most well put together family dramas of the seventies. Uh, <laughs> there, there you go, Hoffman and, <laughs> Hoffman and Pacino. Yeah, Jesus. Oh man. Um, I mean, what more can be said about The Godfather? It's yeah. the definitive American film. It's you know number one on so many great you know greatest of all time lists has been since the seventies, and they're all right. I got no, I got no bad. I have no bad things to say about The Godfather. It's just. It's fucking flawless. Uh, Kramer versus Kramer really surprised me and really stayed with me and showed me, you know, a great family drama that deserves to be talked about in the same, you know, breath as The Godfather. It's it's a brilliant movie and a heartbreaking movie, while at the same time very uplifting about, you know, the decisions that certain characters make for the well-being of other characters. And I never thought I'd see Dustin Hoffman be like so, you know, caring because all of his all the characters he plays are usually so jaded. But Ted Kramer overcomes that to be a father because he knows he has to. And I I love that so much. But it's the Godfather. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I mean, how do you not? I mean, come on. From start to finish, that movie is brilliant and continues to be brilliant and is just a lot, a movie you could put on any time and just get sucked in and then feel like, well, now I got to watch part two and you can stop there. But it's it's perfect. And I yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, Kramer versus Kramer. If it had been any other movie in the 70s, it might, might have taken it, but it's The Godfather. Yeah, yeah, this is tough, right? Um I don't know. You just, you just, it's, it's good. It's one of those that it's like you, you, you mentioned at the very beginning when you start talking about like what more could be said. It's one of those uh, with a Kramer versus Kramer, you actually have to try to go to bat for it. You have to try to prove your, prove your case. Yeah. Uh, the one thing Kramer versus Kramer has going for it. Two things. It's about half the length. <laughs> the Godfather. <laughs> Godfather's pushing, you know, that, that three hour runtime and, and, and Kramer versus Kramer is about hour and 40 minutes. Love that. This doesn't really matter. 1972, not a lot of competition. You got Cabaret, Deliverance, Sounder, and The Immigrants. Not not a great, not a great Best Picture group. 1979, you got Apocalypse Now. You got all that jazz. You got uh, Breaking Away, and you got Norma Ray. That's that's a pretty damn good group that we just talked about not too long ago on our last Oscar Sunday with the China Syndrome. Uh, I do love that Kramer's Kramer. Took took a tough belt to take. The Godfather was like, "Who's even gonna fucking swing at me?" You know, like oh, like like Sounder. Really, are you gonna try to compare Sounder to the Godfather? You gonna, you know, it's just you know, it's it's just it's not a competition at all. So uh, I, I do love that about Kramer's Kramer that it kind of it won a tough ceremony. Uh, while it doesn't really matter when it's going against the Godfather, it's cool that it did what it did. I, you know, I just marathoned the entire Rocky franchise to prepare for Creed 3. And funny you should mention that because it's like, you know, Kramer versus Kramer is Rocky Balboa. 
you know, great movie on its own, great contender, has to prove itself amongst some heavy competition, has to defeat Apollo Creed, or in this case, Apocalypse Now, for that title, and earns it. The Godfather, great movie, much like Mason the Lion Dixon from Rocky Balboa, part six. He's a great contender, but he only has that belt because nobody, there was no contender to go up against him. Everyone else was, you know, a, a chump. So he's a champion, but they call him a false champion because, like, who'd you really beat to take this? And I love The Godfather, but you're right. No other movie was taken that away from, from like, no other movie was taken that Oscar away. Cabaret was the strongest contender, and even that was like, it's good, but it's not, it's not The Godfather. Yeah. Whereas The Godfather Part Two had to be Chinatown. Ooh. It's like, now that's that's a that's a real matchup. Godfather Two is Rocky Four. I mean, holy fuck, that was yeah, that was a fight. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. I love that. We'll we'll get to Rocky in a little bit. Uh, <laughs> let's go to the other side again. This is this is a fun one. I love both of these movies. For me, it's a it's a total toss up. I think they're both two of the most complete best picture winners of all time. We have 1991 Silence of the Lambs, um, the first Big Five winner that we've brought up so far, uh, taking on 1984's Amadeus. <laughs> all right. I like that. Two very different forms of sociopath. Yes. Yeah, that's what I was going for. Yeah. <laughs> Hannibal Lecter versus Antonio Salieri. Uh, Amadeus is such a compelling movie about jealousy and just inherent hate of somebody you know is better than you. It's something you've worked your entire life for, and that chump didn't do. It comes naturally to him. I get it. It's a great movie. It's long as shit, but earns that runtime. I mean, you know, you get sucked in. It's a compelling film. And F. Murray Abraham and Tom Hulse are great. They're, I believe, the rivalry. I love their performances. And, you know, Milos Foreman can never do wrong. He's he's a brilliant filmmaker. Uh, then you got Silence of the Lambs. Uh, <laughs> the first and to date only horror film to ever win Best Picture. Shame on you, Academy. Uh, it's a big five winner, all five very earned, you know, Hopkins, Foster, Demi, and screenplay, and of course, picture. It's another flawless win. I mean, it's another one of those movies I can put on at any moment and just get sucked into, just enjoy and find new things to like and root for different people and be afraid of different characters in moments that I didn't necessarily feel afraid of the first or second or 58th time it is one of the few perfect movies that earned that award so it definitely goes to silence of the lambs yeah yeah i mean i don't know this is this is one of the more kind of random ones i chose just because it's yeah i mean silence of the lambs is is kind of in a class of its own but amadeus i don't i don't think it gets the credit it deserves these days, especially with like a younger crowd, mm-hmm. I do think that I do think this is also a, a complete must see if you're into just epic, epic storytelling. And in my opinion, by far the best 80s best picture winner. Yeah, there's not really a contest there. The 80s fucked up almost every single time. I don't know how that kept happening, but yeah, yeah. at least he got it right with Amadeus. Yeah, I got it once, literally one time. They were like, yeah, on the money. So. Good for them for, for 1984. But yeah, Slams moves on 
I anticipated that. That's you know that's 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 the way to your heart. Uh, let's see. Go back to the other side, the old side. Uh, we got here's here's a good one. This one I truly don't know where you're gonna go. We've got one movie we covered a long, long time ago, an Oscar Sunday, and then we got a movie that we both watched not that long ago on our own time. 1950s, all about Eve, versus 1934. It happened one night. Uh, all right, that's creative. I like that. Uh, it happened one night might be single-handedly responsible for every single romantic comedy that came out after it. Yeah. And in that case, that movie can go fuck itself. But other than that, it's a great movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I hear you. <laughs> that movie has, you know, like accidentally probably broke a lot of relationships. But uh, <laughs> I like it. You know, it's Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert as just two people from different worlds falling in love somehow. Uh, they always leave that part out of these movies. Like, when was the moment you actually fell in love? And I don't mean because the script told you to. I mean, like, in reality, when did this happen? Yeah, yeah. That's the problem with like romance movies is most of them are... Hey, you, you skipped a few beats there. <laughs> yeah, like, page page six, we hate each other. Page eight, I die for you. But, like, when, when did we get there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> but you know, it happened one night. I've seen it about three or four times now, and it's cute. It's it's funny. It's it's quirky, and I love Clark Gable as this you know newspaper man who doesn't give a shit, and meets this heiress who's like, you know, I don't know how to ride a bus, and he's like, well, tough. I've got to call my boss. <laughs> and yeah, somehow they fall in love. But you know, it won the big five, and it deserved him. I think you know. I haven't seen the competition from 34, but you know, from what I've seen on my own time, I don't think there was much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. All about Eve surprised the shit out of me. I was not prepared for what that movie was. Same. It is so close to being a horror movie, like almost on this on par with like fatal attraction where it's just one woman completely uprooting the life of another woman and everyone being aware of it, but nobody really doing anything about it because they kind of like the new, the new star eve is fun she's gorgeous she's sexy she's smart and you know uh betty davis is yesterday's news she's mean and callous and nobody really likes her but that doesn't give you the right to steal her life that movie is so ahead of its time there's so many seeds for like you know other films that are hidden throughout that thing and it really holds up. I, I like when I watched it, it was about 2 a.m. And my intention was to watch like 20 minutes of it and then go to sleep. I watched that whole damn movie because I couldn't I couldn't look away. I went from tired to no longer tired watching all about Eve. And when that happens, I, I know I'm watching something special. So I'm giving this to all about Eve. Love it. Fuck. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, for me, it's not a, it's not close. Like I like to have one night. I also think, you know, it's fun. It's cute. It's a must see as far as, you know, that era of filmmaking, you know, where they're, they're figuring out what's going to be the future of it. Directed by Frank Capra, you know, absolute legend, but the Joseph L. Mankiewicz directed all about Eve is fucking incredible. And it rose up my best picture rankings so fast after that, after that one viewing, Uh, I had something similar happen where it was late at night. Um, I had listened to a podcast where, this guy was recommending um, movies that were on Criterion at the time. 
and he said hey if you have you know you have a couple hours like watch all about eve like it's it's really really good it's like it it lives up to you know it's it's a uh, reputation and has aged really well and god damn he was right it reminded me of uh that time we watched uh whatever happened to baby jane yeah. you know of course of course because of betty davis but also because it's teetering with different genres and it's crossing that line of psychological horror and i love when old movies do that you know i I love the the effect that they have in all about eve not only is that but it's got a just master class of acting across the board incredible screenplay great direction yeah this is this is one of my favorite best picture winners already and i've seen it once so uh (laughs) i I can't wait to kind of have a life with it from here on out you know i'm going to continue to rewatch it uh and and kind of have it have it around forever so I, lo- I love that you voted for it. I love older films that dip their toe into uncharted territory because so many of the films of that era were, you know, cookie cutter musicals or, you know, something about showbiz almost every fucking time. And yeah. I like when a movie, you know, it's like I'm, you know, I'm walking on the yellow brick road, very familiar with where I'm going. I look down for two seconds. I look back up. I'm in the dark forest and I'm like, whoa, when the hell did I get here? And now I got to now I got to adapt. And when a movie can do that, I I'm impressed. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you on that, man. Um, good stuff. If you haven't seen All About Eve, give it a go. Give it a whirl. It's it'll be worth your time for sure. Uh, all right, other side. Let's see here. Yeah, let's yeah let's. Let, I, I'm curious to hear where you where you go with this. Uh, 2003 <laughs> saw one of the most dominant performances at the oscars ever depending on how you look at it the most dominant won everything it was up for 11 for 11 lord of the rings return of the king masterclass across the board incredible stuff taking on 2000s gladiator (laughs) swords baby (laughs) aragorn son of arathorn versus maximus decimus meridius yeah I'd pay to see that. Yeah, yeah. Me, me too. That you're 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 gonna be watching a guy's fight for a long, long time. They're neither one of them are gonna give up. <laughs> oh man, I mean, you know, I have some fierce loyalty here that is not gonna be punctured. So I think we know where I'm going here. But I do love Gladiator. It's a fun, exciting, constantly, you know, awesome movie with a ton of epic performances, a great ensemble, an awesome story, amazing score, and some fantastic fight scenes. But Lord of the Rings, I mean, the magnum opus of Peter Jackson and J.R.R. Tolkien, this amazing story of, you know, good overcoming darkness all across the board and just, you know, life winning over death. And Return of the King is the epic final installment where every story arc is tied up neatly with a bow. There's so many moments where you're just like fist pumping. You're like, fuck yes. It's it's an endless stream of that. And every time I watch it, it's one of those movies that's like four and a half hours long if you're watching the extended cut, which I always do. And yeah. I don't mind. Like that's half my day and I don't even care. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all, man. Uh, the reason the reason I put these against each other is because not that long ago, that fierce loyalty was put into question when we did 2002, 
best picture showdown. Uh, Chicago took the took the win that year. Chicago has no business being in a tournament like this. But that year, I was like two towers all day. You know, like what are we doing? And you're like, no, gangs in New York actually. And I was like, whoa, 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 <laughs> what is this? But you did explain that it's kind of the culmination of all three movies that does it for you, with Return of the King being the last one. I know it's your favorite. So I, I, I do get it. I just wanted to kind of test it again. Test test that loyalty. Just one more time. <laughs> Even in a full podcast reboot, I'm never going to live that shit down. Oh, no. No, because I was just... Um, I was I was, I was was rattled, you know? <laughs> it's like, I, all week, I was like, oh, there's going to be this, this really cool moment where we're both like, two towers? Like, you know, and didn't happen. <laughs> uh, uh, it's either either all of them take, take best picture or the last one takes best picture. Any other any other combination would make zero fucking sense. I, I think it should be all three. You know, I, I think Fellowship Fellowship is my favorite. And I would I would vote for that. Unless Mulholland Drive was in that category. That's the only way I would vote vote differently than Fellowship. But 2001, like a beautiful mind, cute. I guess, but like, I, no one really fucking talks about that movie, you know. Like, it's good. I love Russell Crowe, but it, it, like, no one talks about it. People still watch that fucking piss out of Lord of the Rings, you know, and talk about it nonstop, including us. Yeah, fair enough. It's it's an American classic. I'm sorry, a New Zealand classic. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, a perfect action movie, perfect drama, perfect fantasy. It hits all the buttons of an amazing film and is comfort food to me straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Uh, 2003. I don't really know what the real competition is. You know, it's just like, they all just didn't have a chance, you know, like lost in translation. It's just like, nah, like it ain't happening. You know, Um, Lord of the Rings destroyed that ceremony. Just complete triumph, you know, and, and I love that about it. I love that it went out like that. Um, so yeah, good stuff. I, I, I have a feeling that one's going to go pretty far here. Um, <laughs> we got two more matchups left in the first round and then we'll get down to some more, some more spicy stuff. So, um, last matchup of the old, old side of the bracket. Um, I had a movie penciled in last night, but then I was thinking about kind of the time we're in and I'm thinking more about you. I had 1975's One for the Cuckoo's, Cuckoo's Nest in this bracket. And then, you know, I was like, oh, man, Creed just came out. You know, uh, Connor likes Rocky, like, a lot. So let's put Rocky in, you know, make it make it a little more intense for Connor. Uh, so I wanted to include One for the Cuckoo's Nest because it's great. I love it to death. But it's also a big five winner. I wanted to have all three big five winners in here. I ended up going against that judgment and put Rocky in 1976 against the apartment 1960 <laughs> interesting oh is that so we're we're not seeing cuckoo's nest or is that cuckoo's nest is not in the bracket wow i'm surprised that's like your favorite movie from that from like the it's not out. it's i i left i left off you know there's no french connection here you know there's, <gasps> there's no um there's no moonlight here uh some movies wow. that i'm totally obsessed with i, I left off because maybe one day we'll reverse this and you can do it for me Yes, that, now that I yeah, one hundred percent. Next year, next yeah. <laughs> oh, Rocky versus the apartment. Uh, the apartment, you know, Billy Wilder has proven to be just one of the greatest filmmakers of the twentieth century. Everything I've seen from him has been just memorable and fantastic. 
Uh, and, you know, Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine just doing their thing, living life, being real people. It's hard to not get sucked into that and just, you know, enjoy the budding of a flawed relationship that's going to benefit two people who need it. Uh, I love that. But, you know, Rocky, <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's one of the, you know, like The Godfather, one of the definitive American films. It's the underdog movie. It's, you know, it's everything. It's the champ versus, you know, himself in a way. And I love seeing Rocky Balboa go from, you know, a a Lone Shark's muscle to a contender, you know, fighting Apollo Creed for the title and going the distance. It's awesome. And And it's inspiring. And Stallone, Sylvester Stallone is a shit actor in everything but the Rocky franchise. (laughs) He's amazing in all eight of his performances as Rocky Balboa. You watch like Copland or The Expendables or Bullet to the Head and you're like, who's this mumbling fool? But Rocky, man, he you can tell that's his baby. He wrote and directed almost all of them. He brings just a ferocity and a humanity and a just likable charm to this guy who looks like he could break your face. And that first movie is a game changer for him. It was a, mm. it's a co- consistent delight for moviegoers everywhere. And it's still going. Rocky nine, or as we call it, Creed three came out, you know, last weekend. And it was pretty good, but it was missing Rocky Balboa. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So Rocky gets this. Rocky takes it. Um, yeah, that's why I put it in. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I put it in. I, yeah, I, I know you love that one. That's I think that was our third or fourth ever Oscar Sunday. Um, we talked about Rocky. Third. Uh, it was the third, third. yeah. Wow. Yeah, because we, we did Pulp Fiction first. <laughs> uh, Five Bloods. Uh, Rocky in the bedroom. And damn, what was that fifth? I cannot remember. Doctor Strangelove? It was either Doctor Strangelove or The Great Dictator. That's right. Great Dictator. Oh, man. We, we did some fucking bangers to start. Uh, yeah, but Rocky, yeah, I knew it was like so, so near and dear to your heart. You know, I, I like it. I, I like the Rocky movies. I don't like, I'm not super attached to them. 1976 for me is like one of the best best picture groups of all time. All the President's Men, Network, Taxi Driver, Bound for Glory, and Rocky. Like just fucking God, the 70s were just always loaded, loaded in these categories. Uh, and so I, for me, I would pick Taxi Driver to win that. It's just That's just the one that I connect with the most. But like all President's Men, man, like holy shit, that's a good movie. And, and like Network too, like talk about a fucking roller coaster so that 70s man you know we could have a whole 70s bracket of best picture nominees you know and it'd just be titans going against titans all day well now we can whenever we want we can do that yeah I don't, yeah who gives a shit right oh <laughs> just just rolling with it okay last matchup of this round i i, I chose two more mo- modern movies because we've been talking about the newest movie we've talked about so far is no country for old men so I wanted to kind of give a couple, you know, a couple more recent ones, a couple uh, from the 2010s. Birdman, 2014, versus Parasite, 2019. 
Oh, Inaritu versus Bong Joon-ho. That's not fair. Well, here's the thing. I, I, I know exactly where I'd go with this, but if it was the real correct winner from 2014, Whiplash, I would have no fucking clue where to go with this. I'm kind of glad Whiplash didn't win because if so, anytime we did one of these and it was here, it would be the most, it'd be too damn predictable. We know what would get the top spot every time. It'd be Whiplash. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's tough, right? I mean, I don't know. Is it, would it be my favorite best picture winner of all time if it would have won? Probably. Probably. Yeah. That, that movie. See, even now, like it, it's not even part of this, and it's already dominated the conversation just by being mentioned, <laughs> just by being <laughs> existing. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna come up. It, it's what it does. Yeah, it's our, it's exactly our tempo every time. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay, Birdman versus Parasite. Uh, Birdman, we we did recently. Uh, it's a fun movie. It's a great movie about the absurdity of celebrity and just how crazy the rabbit hole of being famous can go. Yeah. Uh, which is always fun to watch. I love Michael Keaton in a comeback role. It's great to have him back in the public consciousness again, after being kind of gone for a long time and watching Edward Norton play himself and be okay with that was just great. Yep. <laughs> and it's a, you know, it's a well-written movie, incredibly well shot. Some of the greatest cinematography I've ever seen. And a delight. It's a fun movie. But, you know, Whiplash should have taken that. On the other side of this, Parasite won everything it deserved. It needed to, it got everything it earned. And it stands as one of the most important films to ever win Best Picture because it finally gave the win to a film that was not from the United States. And that opened the floodgates for so much to come. And I'm excited to see what films get recognized and get celebrated because Parasite opened that door. And it is still an amazing tour de force film from Bong Joon-ho. An original, captivating, well-acted, well-written, well-shot masterpiece. So Parasite takes this by a lot. Yeah, yeah, kind of a landslide for me as well. I, I like Birdman a lot, but... Yeah, holy shit, Parasite is is just something else. And I don't know. This is like a, a something that's been going around, you know, as we approach the this current Oscars, the 95th Academy Awards, if everything ever all at once wins, um for a lot of reasons is, is really cool. You know, it's a very unique film. Got a lot of got got a lot of cool actors that haven't got their due, you know. Uh, Michelle Yeoh and you know Jamie Lee Curtis like they're they've always been in the mind but they've never been at the front uh, and that's really cool it's really neat <clears throat> but it's an American movie about an American family yeah dealing with dealing with pretty Western type things Parasite is a Korean film like straight up filmed in Korea with Korean actors by a Korean dude you know it is it is probably the most important winner of all time. And I, I, I just, I love that. Even if you don't adore the film, you just have to really respect well, the way that it, that it circulated, you know, that, that you remember that, like when it was in theaters, people were just like, Holy fuck. Like if you like film, go like, go, go see this. Well, I love the, like, I, I don't see how you couldn't like it. Like it's such me, a great me story. Me neither, and, but I there are all those fucking haters out there. You know, you go on, you go on Letterbox, and there's people who are like, 
doing that whole one star bit where they're like, eh, mediocre. And it's just like, whatever, you know, people don't want to, there's always going to be those people who won't admit that something is incredible, you know, that no, not everybody can be right. You know, uh, I, I have to go against the, go against mm-hmm. the, you know, what people are thinking. I can't stand that. Contrarians. Oh, I went on a rant on a beyond the bad once I ripped apart. I hate contrarians worse than I hate pretty much anything. Uh, yeah. You have yeah, no I mean, identity and you exist only to disagree with people. Yeah. Fuck you a million times. Anyway. Yeah. 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 I, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent. Like, and, and, and I'm not saying like everything that's popular and, and big is great. Yeah. But when something like parasite or I think whiplash is a great example as well, when it's a, a movie that's not been seen by billions of people, but millions and like, 98% of the people that saw it were like, holy shit, this is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I do not like that weird backlash of, oh, like, well, you just haven't really seen enough movies yet, you know? you know. I don't really like that. It's okay to be like, this isn't my favorite thing ever. Like, everything everywhere all at once, when it came out, I had fun. I had a great time. Great time at the theater. Saw it with, you know, some people that I really care about. We walked out like, that was great. One of the people that I saw it with was like, that was the best movie I've seen in my life. And I was like, whoa, hold your horses. Like, I think you need to wait a little bit to be able to say that, but I'm not going to fucking berate her for it. You know, I'm not going to be like, you're wrong. Like you, you don't know what you're talking about. You haven't seen enough movies. I just thought like, whoa, I think you should wait a little bit, maybe see it again before you call it that. Well, the difference for me, like if you disagree with something and like legitimately have, you know, reasons, you don't like it. You didn't like the pace. You didn't like the actors. You didn't like the story. You couldn't connect with it. Fine. I, you know, your opinion is completely valid. It's the people who have nothing to back it up and just disagree for the sake of disagreeing just because yeah. they need to be the smartest person in the room because they don't agree with everybody else. Those are the people who can go straight to hell. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well said. No, I, I do love movies that create, diversion like i i love i love babylon because it created this this movie fucking sucks and then it created you know i I was in the camp of like just stroking it like yeah fuck i love this movie you know i i love when movies do that i love when they do that on purpose you know i i like that kind of in your face either you're in or you're out that's i think we need more stuff like that you know yeah like babylon is a great example you know i was kind of down the middle you know i didn't hate it i wasn't stroking it but you know I i was fondling the balls a little yeah, just yeah, cupping it. Yeah, just a little, yeah. But <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's I, I'm always down for creating conversation, for encouraging discourse. I just want it to be the right kind of discourse. Uh, yeah, yeah. And with and, Parasite, and, I'm just glad that a film that was immensely important to culture was also really, really, really good. Correct. It, that's that. That's you hit the nail on the head. That's just. So special when that happens, when you do have this wave of people like, oh, my God, have you seen this movie Parasite? Holy shit. Like, it's incredible. You're not going to believe where it goes and the turns that it takes. And, and, it, and it delivered. Yeah. <laughs> and it delivered. And and then we had that moment, the, the kind of the gravy is watching Bong Joon-ho go up there like five times to keep accepting trophies. And and the the attitude that he had, the excitement that he had. You know, when he said, I'm going to be drunk until morning, it's like, man, that's so cool. And then when he quoted Martin Scorsese, who is sitting right there, a guy who directed The Irishman the same year. 
I love when those moments happen. It's just it's just straight gravy, and like that's why I watch the Oscars is because you do get moments like that every now and again. Well, I love the the famous you know post Oscars party picture of Bon Joon making two of his Oscars kiss. Yeah, and yeah. This, this this grin on his face of like, oh my god, you can tell the man is on cloud nine and he hasn't left. Yeah, no, not at all, man. Uh, yeah, great movie, Parasites, fucking kick ass, Birdman. We like you, but we. You know, we, we we like Parasite a little bit more. Okay, that's uh that's the end of the first round. We have eight movies left now. Um, let's go back to some movies we haven't talked about in a minute. You know, we'll we'll kind of go back. We'll finish off with that Parasite matchup. Oh, oh, it's got a it's got a heavy hitter going against it. Um, <laughs> all right, here we go. Nineteen seventy two, The Godfather versus nineteen fifty four on the waterfront. Brando versus Brando. Here we go. Brando E. Brando. Oh boy. Ah. Shit. That's good. Um, yeah, these are the two films that won him his Oscars, you know, one of which he refused in a very public way that almost got a woman assaulted by John Wayne. Uh yeah. <laughs> assholes. Anyway, uh it goes to the Godfather. It's just, you know, it's hard to compete with an American classic. And I know, you know, On the Waterfront 2 is an American classic. But The Godfather just has this, this wow factor that few films ever made have. That, you know, few, not a lot of films deserve to be called the greatest film of all time, but The Godfather kind of does. Like, I, I'm not going to disagree with anybody who says that. Because, like, I, I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I'm, I'm in the exact same boat. Uh, it, it's probably not even in my top... Like personal favorite movies is probably not even in my top fifty. But if you're if you're taking away like your bias, your favorite, like your taste, The Godfather just it just kind of crosses all checks all the boxes of what a great movie is all about. Has you know the intensity, has the incredible dialogue, has the great family aspect. Uh, everybody's lights out in it. I don't know, man. It it might be the American movie, you know. Um, like you're, you're talking about like Godfather and Jaws, like these movies that just changed the course of history with cinema. So that's yeah, it's it's extremely extremely important. Um, I, me and you are in the same boat. It's our favorite uh, of the three, the Godfathers. Uh, we we love part one. I didn't want to put part two in here because it's like yeah, we, we don't need to you know we don't need to do that. Um, I like part two a lot. I, I I love part two, but part one is just. 10 out of 10, like just completely lights out. I love it to death. So um, I'm, I'm glad to see that it's now in the final four. Good shit. Yeah, absolutely. And no disrespect to On the Waterfront. You know, these are all great films. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On the Waterfront's great. Terry Malloy is a really cool character. Yeah. He's a, you know, he's a underdog kind of, you know, dock worker bum you, you're rooting for because he's one of the few guys in this movie who chooses actively to do the right thing which is always hard to do when there's a loan shark on your ass who's threatening you and, you know, just killed your best friend. Yeah. It's, fucking, fucking Lee J Cobb, man. Johnny friendly is woof. <laughs> great, great character. Uh, yeah. Rod Steiger's great in it. Uh, yeah. This is just an awesome, awesome movie. So yeah, not taking away nothing from it, but giving all the flowers to Godfather while we're here yeah. on the waterfront. Like, it should have been a big five winner because it won everything but best actress. But even Marie Saint got a supporting actor win 
or a supporting actress win when she should have been lead. It's and, basically a big five winner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's the forgotten fourth. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's yeah. We should we should do that more like I don't know. I think if a movie wins picture, director, screenplay, and any two acting categories, I'd call that a big five win. Yeah. I just I just would. Like I, I don't think I think supporting roles are just as important. You know, they're just they're they they can be for sure. So I don't know, I've always been kind of like, ah, let's not be too exclusive with it. Uh, I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be cool if there are more chances for big five wins. Just stretch it a little bit. The way I've always seen it, every category at the Oscars carries equal weight because the statue is exactly the same size every time. That's true. That is yeah. true. An Oscar is an Oscar, whether it's for best animated short film or best director or best or best, you know, film editing. It's always an Oscar. So it carries weight every time. That's why we did the whole Oscar Sunday show. Yeah, exactly. All right, man. This this is gonna fuck you up. Uh, I I built this part of the bracket for this. I knew this was gonna happen. I'm so excited to just just see you sweat here. 1991, Sounds of the Lambs, first 2007, No Country for Old Men. Fuck you. Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Jonathan Demi versus the Coen Brothers. Oh boy. Oh, this is yeah. This is too hey, Lecter versus Sugar. Come on, like woo. <laughs> <laughs> this is a this is a matchup. Oh man. Um. Okay. <laughs> I've you know I've spoken at length about what I love about both of these films, and uh, I gotta give it to Lambs. Yeah, I, I knew it. I knew it. You can't you can't take the horror out of a horror fan. You just you just can't. Well, I can't. I one thing I've learned about myself doing all of these podcasts, I do not have the ability to remove my bias from any of these conversations. I can't do no, it. No, I, and I don't want you to. Yeah, I don't want you to. <laughs> I would it, it would not be true to myself and it would not be an accurate representation of my thoughts of the film. It just wouldn't be empty. And I refuse to do that. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. Uh, it's an episode I remember very fondly. The Lambs one. Me, you, and Caleb did a showdown together. Uh, we had a lot of fun. And we always knew Lambs is at the very top. There's not, you know, JFK, love it to death. But Lambs is just this tight, brilliant, brilliant horror film that happens to have three just absolutely all-time characters. Like, all-timers all-time performances and all-time characters that we talk about all the time. So, um, yeah, I, I, I love no country to death. That'd probably get my vote slightly, but this is, this is a coin flip for me. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I just, I, I love both these movies to death. So lambs moves on to the final four. All right. This is, this is going to be interesting. 1976 Rocky versus 1950 all about Eve. Mm. A, mo- a movie you've been watching since you were a kid uh, uh, going against All About Eve, which, you know, we're, we're both pretty new to. Actually, I watched Rocky for the first time when I was about 16. Oh, okay. <laughs> really? It just won me over really fast. And Oh, yeah. me too. I probably saw it sometime in middle school, so not long before you. Um, 
I was like, I was like, well, there, there, there's, there's how many of these? <laughs> Keep them coming, baby. <laughs> I think I found like a Blu-ray set at Best Buy that had been mislabeled for like ten bucks, and it had all six movies. And I was like, oh, well, all right, sure, let's try these out. So I bought it, and I was like, I watched all of them, and I'm like, fuck, these are great. <laughs> yeah, R- Rocky Four is where my heart lies. I, I absolutely adore that one. So, uh, but, but Rocky, it's probably the best of like all of the Rocky slash Creed movies. Like, it's just, it's just. A fucking diamond so yeah but, but all about eve man it's a great great film it is a great film it's a great film about you know just never invite somebody into your life so intimately unless you fucking know them it's like anybody could be anybody you know I, I, it's you know when we first met i could have told you i was a russian exchange student and you wouldn't have fucking known any better <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, Russian exchange student who loves the Big Lebowski. Cool. Yeah, I could have done a fake accent, and you'd be like, "Oh, I like this this Russian guy. He's he's nice." But yeah, it's it's crazy how quickly we decide. You know, oh, I want that person in my life, and you know, sometimes that can backfire in terrifying ways. And as we see in All About Eve, you know, Ann Baxter knows how to play the fucking game. Yes. Yes. Uh, but you know. She ain't, you know, she ain't going up against the champ. She just, no, sorry. <laughs> it's Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Cue the, cue the horns. She ain't going to fly now. She, she cannot see the eye of the tiger. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> it ain't happening. Is Rocky your favorite of the entire franchise? The first one? Uh, or, or do you have like a one that you're like really connected to? I really like Rocky three. I, yeah. I I love Apollo and Rocky becoming friends and working together. And, you know, Clubber Lang is just such a brute. And you see Rocky lost after, you know, he loses Mickey and finds himself again. It's the, For me, that's, that's the movie where Rocky becomes a boxer. He knew how to fight, but Apollo teaches him how to box. And that's mm. that's when we get a fully rounded champion Rocky for the first time. It's, yeah, Rocky three probably my favorite. I love that. That's so cool. And with the Creed movies, is one your favorite? One's definitely my favorite for Creed. I think, and then, and then between two and three, is it a toss-up or? It's two, and then it's three. Uh, okay. Like I said, okay. three was good. It was just it was missing Rocky. It just felt incomplete because of that. Yeah, well, like the first Creed, there. Are, I mean, some of the scenes between them two are fucking incredible. So I, yeah, I, I really like the first one. I also love. The first one, the the final fight is at Goodison Park in England. Like that's such a cool touch. I've heard the the final fight in this new one is at Dodger Stadium between, of course, yeah, of course, Michael B and, and Jonathan Major. So I, I am excited. I want to see it. I just don't know when it's gonna happen. Um, you know, it's it's a franchise I, I, I like a lot. I mean, of course, I like the Rocky movies better, but um there's other stuff coming out, you know, in March, like John Wick that I'm a little more into that I'm more keen on trying to see uh, opening weekend, but we'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll try to get to it. I love Jonathan Majors. Uh, all right. Last matchup of the second round. Can you guess what it is? I don't want to, but I know. <laughs> yeah. 2003 versus 2019. Return of the King versus Parasite. That is cruel. Yeah, that, that is brutality. <laughs> That's not. I, I thought we were friends, man. <laughs> this this side of the bracket, just because these are movies we've like really, you know, have been adults. Oh, like No Country vs. Lambs, 
Return of the King vs. Parasite is just, woof. That is a crazy, crazy group of movies. Oh, boy. Okay. Oh, boy. Return of the King is one of my favorite movies. It's a great, you know, comfort food, as I said. Parasite changed things. I'm giving it to Parasite. Oh, yes. Parasite, as an as a single entity, is a very important, significant film for American film history, and it it's it's held up. It gets better with every watch. I've introduced it to people who've changed their minds on foreign cinema because of this movie, and that that means something. That that is something I don't want to take out of this. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw bias to the to the window, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Parasite. I, it feels wrong, but I know it's the right thing. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I hear you. Um, I think it's really tough because, like you said, you know, Lord of the Rings is relying on, you know, three movies that if you watch the extended version, it's about 12 hours, you know, uh, of, of your day. And you kind of need all of them to tell the full story. So I, I, I get it. You know, I get the kind of reasoning behind it. I probably would still vote for Lord of the Rings, <laughs> but I but I, I get it. You know, Parasite is a, a you know, a diamond in the rough. Um so I'm I'm I understand that I understand that reasoning a lot, and that rounds out our top four, our final four. This is this is a cool group, you know. I there's a couple of surprises here, you know. Um, Godfather versus Rocky, and Parasite versus Lambs. Take whichever <laughs> take whichever matchup you want first. God damn. Godfather versus Rocky. Seventies, baby, seventies. <laughs> Two. American classics duking it out for the title. How perfect. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, hmm. All right. Godfather has more significance to film history. Rocky is just reliable. It's the it's the go-to film for so many people. It's, you know, when you're having a, a rough day, when you need to be inspired, you watch Rocky. And yeah. Rocky's just unmatched optimism keeps you afloat, makes you makes you think you can do it. Whatever it is you think you can't do it, he encourages you to to do it because you can. It's You got it in you. As he said in part six, it's not about how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you get hit and keep moving forward fucking rocky yeah all the all those things you said the exact opposite could be said about the godfather like, <laughs> it's gonna tear you down it's gonna make you hopeless it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna ruin your day you're gonna watch fucking james con <laughs> yeah fucking get lit up by bullets like it, it's it's such a rough rough ride the godfather movies yeah what do we get at the end of rocky we get you know he went the distance and he's you know adrian i need you what do we get at the end of the godfather don't you ever ask me about my business. Yeah. She like, fucking shuts the door. Yeah. yeah. Just a vibe of like, oh, he's about to ruin her life. And she knows she's in bed with the devil and she has no way up. With Rocky, it's like, oh, way to go, champ. You did it. It's, yeah. yeah. I, I, I challenge you to, to keep a frown on when you're watching Rocky. You can't do it. <laughs> Next time I watch it, I'm just going to video myself like, oh. Just trying, trying my hardest, and it, it it ain't happening. But uh, oh wow, Rocky! I'm glad I put it in this tournament. It's, yeah, it's, 
it's it's in the final. You know, I almost didn't have it. I almost had one from the cuckoo's nest, seventy five instead of seventy six. Here we are, Rocky going the distance. Rocky took down the apartment, took down all about Eve, took down the Godfather. What decade is next? Come on, come on. All right, now what I love about this matchup, Lambs versus Parasite, is the two most gutty genre films that have ever won this award lambs is the definition of 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 horror parasite has a lot of aspects of horror going for it so i love that we have these two movies against each other but you know two of like the darkest films that have ever ever been up for best picture and one so love that yeah i love a good genre bender and lambs you know plays with drama it plays with thriller crime but it at its heart, it's a horror film about psychopaths and what they're capable of. And, you know, Clarice Starling is in the midst of this nightmare between, you know, stuck in a, between a rock and a hard place with two monsters and having to, you know, figure her way through it while at the same time, you know, accept some hard truths about who she is as a person that led her here. It's a great story. Great book. I read the book. It's damn close. And uh, I love it to death. Parasite was new and original i remember seeing the trailer like early 2019 or late 2018 like it was was, i saw a trailer for a while and it was just like i don't know what the hell that is but i'm intrigued and i wasn't gonna see it until you told me like dude you gotta see that (laughs) and i went after work one day by myself and i was mesmerized i was like this is amazing what the hell is going on right now I've never seen anything like this, and I haven't since. I'm giving it to Parasite. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, this is great. Parasite takes takes the win away from the lambs. I thought when I was making this bracket, I was like, this is going to be fun, but I was like, it's going to be lambs versus Godfather. No, no, sir. Parasite versus Rocky, 2019 versus 1976. Two films I almost didn't include <laughs> in this bracket. With Parasite, it was kind of like, uh, do I include more recent films? Because we both feel the same way about, like, we want to see movies kind of create, you know, a longevity and a rewatchability. But we've talked about multiple times on Oscar Sunday and other shows how much we love Parasite. We did a whole episode based around it. I felt good about putting it in here. Now I, now I feel fucking great about putting it in here. Yeah. Some films, you know... It doesn't happen often, but you can tell a film's longevity almost immediately if it's really, really good. Whiplash did that. Parasite did that. And I've seen it, you know, like I've watched it many times since, and it, I still feel excited and overwhelmed every time I watch it. And that's powerful. That's That means something. Yeah, it truly does. The question is, do you go, do you go with the wacky genre bender from, from out of Korea? Or do you go with the classic boxing movie? Um, you know, like where, where's your heart? Where, where's your heart leading you right now? If you know, when we started this, I I wouldn't have thought I would end up with Rocky and Parasite. I I wouldn't have thought that. Uh, <laughs> oh boy! All right, Rocky has you know touched the hearts of many. It's been in my life for a while. I just watched all of them with my family. Made for made some great new memories. Just you know, it was like we were watching like actual boxing matches and we were just like, you know, get him. Oh, rock, get up, get up, rock. Like we were, we were doing that. And it was like, this is awesome. When I showed my family parasite, 
not a word <laughs> just glued to the screen like <laughs> and just like, in it involved and i was like yeah i was watching this i was watching the movie and i was watching them and i was watching the movie and i was just like this is, this is crazy uh and you know i gotta take that shit into account like what the memories i get from these movies the what they the way they impact my life personally and one of the one of the best memories i have is getting that phone call from you of like holy shit dude parasite is something to behold you need to go see that that was like the first time you ever called me to tell me like drop what you're doing and like buy a ticket to the next showtime you can right now and i did and what the wave of feelings i got from parasite opened a world to me through you know i i began to pay attention to korean film i became obsessed with bong joon ho and i started to appreciate foreign cinema more than i had in the past so i'm gonna do the right thing here and i'm gonna crown parasite let's go oh wow that's incredible i love that i love that so much the champ <laughs> the champ of of the best picture winners tournament goes to parasite 2019 bong joon ho masterpiece man that was fun that was really cool uh it it was I, I remember to this day i remember exactly what was happening um my oldest brother adam who has been on some some episodes before he's been on like two or three with us um uh he's a few years older than me and connor's gotten to know him as well over over time uh he on his birthday that year uh his birthday's november 9th i remember he was like hey man um have you been have you been listening to these different podcasts that both of us listened to? They they were all talking about this movie Parasite. They're like, go see it, go see it. We're not going to say anything about it, but go see it. And I had seen the trailers as well. You know, I was like, this this neon film. This looks this looks pretty modern. Looks pretty like up my alley. Kind of kind of wacky. Kind of you know different and out there. And my brother felt the same way. We went and saw it. Saw it at the uh, the Cory Cory Cinema. Um, in San Antonio, never really go there. You know, I've been there. I remember every movie I've seen there. Cause I've only been there, you know, 10 times maybe to see films over the past, you know, couple decades of my life. So when we left the movie, me, my brother and my dad, we were all like, wow, that was, that was fucking powerful. Uh, and, and I, I just kind of looked, I looked at my brother. I was like, like that, that's going to win a bunch of shit. <laughs> like that was really, really good. Like it's kind of, it's kind of one of those things that can, that can bridge something. And sure enough, it did it. That, that was in November. I, I called you that night on the way home. I was like, Oh, oh my, like, Oh my God. You know, I, this is the kind of stuff we go to the theater for over and over and over is to like be just struck by something as original as parasite. And, you know, we watched that Oscar ceremony together, right? That is, um, that was in February of 2020. Right after that is when COVID like really, really started to shut shit down. So one of my last memories of hanging out with people before that was at your, um, at your grandparents' house and my brother came over. Uh, I believe Brianna was there as well. My wife. Uh, Mm -hmm. And we, we watched Bong Joon-ho literally just keep going up to the stage over and over. And I remember sitting on your couch 
And I was like, like, please, for the love of God, like finish this night off the right way. Give it to Parasite. Like, come on. Even though I predicted that 1917 was going to win because it just felt like the Oscar type movie to give best picture. I was like, like fucking give it to Parasite. I like 1917, but I fucking love Parasite. Like, please do the right thing here. And they did. They did. And it was the most memorable Oscar moment of, of my life. And it will continue to be that way if they're going to give out best picture to movies like Nomadland and Coda, which don't even fucking hold up, you know, a candle to, to Parasite. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. a certi- a certified classic. I totally understand you, your reasoning throughout this bracket. It beat Birdman. It beat Lord of the Rings Return of the King. It beat Sounds of the Lambs and it beat Rocky. I understand as you kept talking about it, you're like, you know what? I'm going to take the importance of it in my life into account and the importance that it's had on people to stop having that weird stigma about foreign films. That's, that's so huge. I know, I know a lot of people would be like, Oh, well, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't need it to do that for me. Well, fuck you. It, some people did, including like my dad, who's, you know, fucking 60. When he saw that movie, he was like, huh, what else have I been missing? I was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, uh, you can get, you can, see a lot more cool art if you get over that that those those couple inches on the screen of words you'll see a lot of cool stuff and i I love that it won this like that's so fucking cool i love that rocky got there to the final you know this is this is this is the kind of shit we're gonna be doing man this is so much fun uh i love that the the way we started this new endeavor is a tournament where i had no idea was gonna happen in the end you know i thought i knew and ended up being uh opposite of what i thought so good shit man I, i i love love doing this kind of stuff with you and I, I look forward to doing more of it. Oh man. Yeah, this was fun. This was, I love getting to confront, you know, deep seated beliefs in certain films in myself mm. and really mm. think like, do I still have those beliefs? Like, have I evolved past that or do I still hold them? And Ooh. these do that for me all the time. I don't know what the hell I'm going to say. Like, I don't, it just happens. I'm like, you know what? I'm leaning this way today. I have, I have moved past that. I'm embracing this now. This is growth at its finest. Yeah, well said, dude. I love that. That's really cool because I think that a lot. It's the the power of rewatchability is is just so so real. Um, and the way I want to kind of finish off this episode is, uh, I want to hear a little bit of what you've been watching. It sounds like you've been, you know, you went through the Rocky movies, but recently I watched I rewatched Hail Caesar from 2016, huh, yeah. and I saw that movie in theaters by myself when I was living in Houston. I saw this kind of like rink-a-dink theater that was close to where I was living. I loved that theater because it was small. I kind of knew the people that worked there because I would go there every weekend to see fucking whatever, you know? Um, and when I saw Hell Caesar, I was I was like a little buzzed. You know, I had a few drinks. I was like, I'm going to see a fucking Cohen movie. Like, here we go. Let's have some fun. Like, this is going to be sick it's either going to be fun or like I'm about to see, you know, inside Lewin Davis. Like I, like I'm going to be impacted in some way. And I was just fucking confused and bewildered by like what was going on. I had a hard time following the story and what exactly they were trying to say. So I fucking pushed it to the curb, man for seven fucking years. I never watched that thing again. Saw clips here and there. I heard other people say like, ah, it's, it, it's worth reexamining. I finally gave it a shot again. And my God, I fucking love that movie. It it's, has soared up the Coen Brothers rankings for me. 
off of that second, you know, that rewatch of like, I know way more than I did seven years ago about the actual, you know, subject matter, you know, uh, they're doing kind of an old Hollywood thing where you got people who are actors, studio members, you know, studio execs, like Josh Brolin, Brolin plays a studio exec and fucking like made me laugh so much during this movie. And George Clooney plays like a big time actor and Charlotte Johansson plays a big time actor and Jonah Hill pops up in the middle of nowhere. Channing Tatum pops up in the middle of nowhere. It, it was so much fun. It was like a fucking firecracker just going off over and over and over. And I had a blast. So that movie went from like a six to a nine for me. I just was floored by it. I love it. That is the power of rewatchability. That was kind of something I wanted to end this show with. And I wanted to hear if you've had, if you've had any experience over the past, you know, couple weeks of rewatching stuff or watching something new that kind of surprised you. I did actually. I had a the reverse happen. I had a, a movie I thought I liked yes. go down for me. Um, so I've been, uh, working for a while now uh going through my own personal collection watching stuff i've either never actually seen or haven't seen in a long time and reevaluating or you know evaluating stuff that i have because i feel like if i own the damn movie i should watch it like i should that should be a priority yeah so i was at first going alphabetically and um i watched the accused which was incredible but a fucking difficult film to get through holy hell there's yeah. visuals in that film that are going to stay with me forever. And I don't, I don't like that. I don't ever want to watch that movie again, but it was great. Um, and so I followed that with some Disney because that's what you do after you watch Jodie Foster get raped on a pinball machine. Uh, <laughs> I watched the two Aladdin sequels, uh, the, okay. return of, the return of Jafar and Aladdin and the King of Thieves. I've always had a soft spot for these. I had them on tape when I was a kid. I would watch them all the time. King of Thieves, I think, still holds up. I think that's a fun movie. It's about Aladdin, you know, finding out his father's alive and trying to, you know, save him from his own greed. It's a good movie. Return of Jafar kind of sucks. I, Let's go. I love it. <laughs> I loved this movie as a kid. I rented it from our local. We had a there was a gas station near our house in Maryland called GT's which was like locally owned and they had a video rental store in the back. I went there, oh. a couple, I went there about uh, five, six years ago, like to go visit my dad. They still have a video rental store in the back. <laughs> like tapes, so awesome. I'm talking. I love that. <laughs> and whenever we go in there, you know, I, you know, rent, rent something. when I was a kid and I always rented the return of Jafar because I didn't have it. And I was like, what? There's a movie where Jafar comes back. Oh my God, I want to see that because I loved Aladdin. So I would watch it all the time. I found it on tape at a Goodwill eventually. It was like two bucks. And I'm like, oh my God, I bought it. I watched it all the time. I loved it. I found a DVD at Half Price Books. I bought it. I shelved it. I didn't think about it. I go back to it. I start watching it. And I'm like, what the fuck did I see in this? <laughs> this is Iago's the main character. There is way too much Gilbert Gottfried in this movie. It's just his screechy ass voice doing songs and shit. It's so horribly animated. Jason Alexander plays an Arab named Abi Small. I mean, come on. And it's just, oh God, it's just, it's so short and so meaningless and ridiculous. And I'm like, this is a movie I adored when I was a kid. And now I kind of don't want it anymore. Wow. I love, I, I love stories like that too, where, 
you 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 give it the proper critique you don't just hold on to a nostalgia and like you know what what was i thinking when i was seven i, I was i was an idiot <laughs> uh, yeah i uh i followed that with uh a best picture winner i hadn't seen yet called all the king's men which yeah. could have been on this bracket 1949 yeah mm-hmm. yeah that movie was fucking gold it was based on the real life governor of louisiana huey long who uh promised a whole bunch of shit to people and then was elected became a corrupt motherfucker and was assassinated Damn. and this movie's about a okay. guy named uh willie stark who's like you know your every man politician wannabe who's like i'm gonna weed out corruption and i'm gonna save the, all you people and I'm a hick just like you. And, you know, we need somebody, we need a regular guy in the office to fight this corruption. He gets elected, immediately becomes the most corrupt motherfucker who ever worked in politics. It's like a full-blown gangster. And it's just watching his downfall. It's watching a good man become a horrible man over the course of, you know, his own decisions and alienating people around him and cheating on his wife and sanctioning murder and bribes and everything. And you're just like, this guy wanted to help people. And look what happened. And it's this is 1949. These are heavy. This is heavy shit that this movie's covering. And I was impressed as hell. So all the King's men, 1949, I highly recommend that. Ah, oh, man. Hell yeah. I've always wanted to see that. Uh, you know, I still, I still want to see every best picture winner just cause, just cause, you know, you never know what you're going to get. You no. might catch it. You might catch an all the King's men or all about Eve or uh, last weekend and be totally floored by it. So uh, still on that journey, still going to continue doing that when I can. And, that's a good shout out. Uh, Oscars are in a couple days. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll be seeing you. We're gonna watch them together and have some fun. Uh, hopefully, we get some results we we like. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, people. I, I encourage people to use this time to kind of do their own Oscar research. Find what they like from the Oscars. You know, watch watch one of the movies we talked about today. Um, you know, g- give give all about Eva go. Give it happened one night ago. Give. Give Parasite a rewatch. I don't know. You don't have some fun. Watch a watch an Oscar uh, winner, and you know, get ready for get ready for Sunday. That's exactly what we're doing, uh, and I, I can't wait for that. So um, we'll be doing something. We'll be doing something this week. We don't know what, but we'll we'll be doing something. Just be on the lookout under this feed. We're going to continue to just keep doing uh, film guys and episodes on all kinds of shit. Uh, follow us on Letterboxd for Connor. It's Connor nine five for myself. It's Austin Johnson. You just got to look for the fucking profile picture of Bobby from Goofy Movie. Polly Shore's character. It's the leading tower of Chisa. That's, that's all you got to look for. Five star fucking movie. Goofy movie. Uh, <laughs> be on the lookout for that. Um, follow us. We're always putting shit up. We're reviewing movies. Uh, making lists all the time. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, at Filmgasm. Check out the website. Uh, that you can also listen to our podcast on that site uh, and keep watching movies. We'll, we'll fucking see you guys soon. Thank you.